Welcome to Stories and Stuff with John, a short podcast of weird stories and random conversations to entertain and move you. I'm your host, John, and you just heard my theme song called Dad's Theme Song, written and recorded by my 10-year-old son, Joshua. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Before we jump into our first story, I wanted to give you quickly the format of what we're going to do here. So each episode is going to feature one story, all true stories, things that have happened to or around me. Uh, The stories will tend to be about 10 minutes long. And then we'll also have a section where I, most often with a guest, will talk about a question of the week or something that's on our minds. And that's it. 15, 20 minutes, and you will hopefully have been enlightened, tickled, though only metaphorically, or entertained in some way. And where did I get this title? Well, when I was a kid growing up in upstate New York, I would often take my dad's single-deck cassette recorder, a handheld thing about the size of a large brick, and record myself making up stories, telling jokes, playing with action figures, and then I'd listen back to it over and over again, entertained by the sound of my own voice. I would label them Stories and Stuff with John, and I had about seven volumes. I remember distinctly becoming obsessed with my usage and pronunciation of the phrase long-clawed tiger. It was an obsession I did get over, let's be clear, so you're not going to hear me use that phrase over and over. Uh, But the point, that was my super creative title back then, and I'm using it again today. Now, what qualifies me to tell stories? One, I think everyone has stories to tell. Our stories can communicate truth and meaning and joy more than just presenting the facts of an experience or the moral of a story ever could. But also, I'm just a normal guy whose life choices have led me all over the world. I've lived in five countries, I've traveled in 30 more. When you do that, stuff happens. Now, at the end of the show, there's going to be a question of the week that you can reply to. Uh, But without further ado, let's jump into our first story, a tale of unexpected dentistry that attempts to define what makes us laugh. I present to you, The Turkish Dentist. A husband and his wife are having dinner. The wife is chewing quite loudly, mouth open, and the husband suddenly smacks her violently on the side of the head. She drops her spoon and shouts in horror, Ow! Hey, what was that for? Why are you smacking like that? The husband answers. The wife apologizes and starts eating again, this time chewing very quietly. After a minute, the husband suddenly smacks her again on the side of the head. Again, she shouts, Ow! What was that for? Remember how you were smacking? No, this isn't the beginning of a Me Too story or a reason to call the police. This is, in fact, a joke. Pretty hilarious joke, to judge by the reactions I get when I tell it out loud. Okay, you say, willing to give me the benefit of the doubt, but with your hand on the phone in case you actually do need to call the police. I don't get it. Oh, right, that. I didn't say this joke was funny in English. It's clearly not. But it kills in Russian. See, humor is hard to translate. Almost nothing can bridge people from vastly different cultures or backgrounds together faster than laughing, but finding common comic ground is a challenge. Though every culture I've ever been in seems to love Mr. Bean. That guy, what messes will he get into next? But my Russian wife and I worked hard to find things that made us both laugh, and it was a slow, painstaking process. 
The classic Soviet comedies do beyond nothing for me. I get them, but I don't get them. And my attempts to convince her that Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a modern classic have not made any strides. She raises questions I can't answer. Is he actually supposed to be a boy? If he is, why does he live on his own? Or is he meant to be a weird, sad man that's never developed mentally past childhood? I don't know. But I don't really get Kuva N or Ironia Sudba. She has little tolerance for SNL or MST3K. Now, I've lived in five different cultures, and I've tried to learn what each one finds funny. I've seen a Turkish movie that sounds utterly ridiculous when explained to someone, but that's what's actually funny about it, and I've laughed harder than anyone at the Christmas Day auntie skit at a Singaporean church. And this is important to me because I like to be able to connect with people, but the more distant the culture, the harder one the common ground. Sometimes, though, the fates align and something so ridiculous happens that different cultures are no, it's just funny, no matter who you are. So before Corona, I used to go to a board game club in Turkey every Tuesday night. I found it hard to make friends with Turkish guys. They didn't seem to know what to do with this weird American in his mid-40s who couldn't quite speak the language. But the game club had an open night where you were expected to play with strangers. I like board gaming in general, so it seemed a good fit to practice Turkish and meet people. The Goblin Game Club was located on the second floor of a building in a trendy area of the city, above a Carl's Jr. of all things. Sitting in a window seat was preferred, because from there you could watch the trolley go past, see the street musicians playing jazz or traditional music for coins, watch the couples stroll by. You could also see the dentist. Now, as I said, the gaming club was on the second floor, and in Turkey, second floors are usually reserved for necessary but unglamorous businesses. No clothing shops or electronics to be bought on the second story. Those depend on walk-in traffic. Now, the second stories were for lawyers and translators, and in this case, a dentist. This street was not a wide one, so it was not hard to look across from my board game straight at the dentist, who never seemed to notice the people at tables looking across at him. I did not actually notice the dentist office until the week he was doing a surgery in there. I'm sitting there, speaking a mix of English and awkward Turkish, attempting to understand the game in front of me as it's explained in Turkish. And a few meters away, across the street, a man in scrubs is attempting to drill into another man's mouth. He works for a while, then steps into the other room where he's no longer visible, leaving the patient sitting there, mouth pulled open, wondering when this will end. Back the dentist comes, goes in elbow deep for another round. It's not comfortable viewing. The following week, I'm sitting at the same table trying to build rapport with a group of guys playing a game they started before I arrived. I, I've met one or two of them before. The others are new. I'm watching them play. I'm trying to follow their Turkish banter with each other, trying to give banter back where I can. Bantering in another language is an acquired skill, but useful if you can manage. There's a break in the action. We're just chatting and trying to decide on a new game that I can join in. And then I see him. The dentist is there again. But this time, there's no patient, no assistant. It's him alone. He's in his scrubs, without the mask, playing the saxophone. And, and I don't just mean he's like holding his saxophone, looking at some sheet music and practicing. I mean, he is playing it. 
He is working something out. He he is auditioning for the E Street Band. He's starring in a music video from the soundtrack of an 80s film. And it's one of those videos that shows clips from the movie behind shots of the band. I, I point him out to the guys, and they are captivated. He is showing us his passion. Dentistry may be his job, but clearly killer sax riffs are his calling. He's oblivious to the fact that he's showing us this, but he is fascinating to watch. Dentist, in scrubs, blowing that horn, leaning back and pointing it to the sky, sax above his head, bending over, getting down, sax pulled to the side, almost behind his back, pacing as he plays, occasionally disappearing into that other room, before coming back triumphantly before the enthralled crowd in his head. So much passion, and we can't hear a note. So what is he playing? I have no idea. I I say that as much to the other guys in broken Turkish, and they all start talking at once, rapid Turkish, and I can't follow it because they're talking on top of each other, and besides, I'm too enraptured by the dentist. Then one of the guys whips out his phone to film the dentist, I think, but... No, he's pulling up a song. Bach, he says, pointing at the dentist, which means, look. And we all look back to watch again as the phone begins to play music. George Michael. Careless Whispers. Arguably the most important sax lick in 80s pop. Which is a stupid statement. Can there be an important sax lick? Anyway, silly. It's a song I normally hate, but it's glorious as we imagine that this indeed is what the dentist is playing. No, I'm never gonna dance again, as he dances around his office. And though we came from worlds apart, different understandings of life and values about how to live it, me and those Turkish dudes all just roared with laughter. A simple bridge across a great divide. Man, Remember how he was smacking? So that's our first story. Hope you liked it. And it's almost the end of the first episode of this podcast. Um, Before we go, I want to leave you with a question of the week. And you can email your answers to storiesandstuffwithjohn at gmail.com. We'll read some of the best ones next week. So the question this week ties into the story. What's something right now that makes you laugh? Something that you keep going back to whenever you think about it. It makes you smile, giggle, laugh. Maybe it's a video. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's something that happened. I would love to hear about it. So email those, storiesandstuffwithjohn at gmail.com. Next week, we'll have a special guest. We'll hear some of your answers, and you'll get to hear an epic story about an epic amount of ear hair. See you then.